service. And after church, he was in, he was in the back of the auditorium and he was shaking hands. And there was a man by the name of Jim and Jim went up to the pastor and Jim said, pastor, thank you so much. What a blessing it was today. And the pastor leaned into Jim and the pastor said, Jim, I want you to consider joining the army of the Lord. And Jim says, pastor, I I don't understand. I am in the army of the Lord. The pastor says, well, it's just that I, I only see you twice a year, once at Christmas and once at Easter. Jim looks over his right shoulder, he looks over his left shoulder, and he leans in. He says, it's because I'm in the secret service. Whether you're in the army of the Lord, the secret service, or you're here for the first time, or you're here just investigating the claims of Christ, we welcome you this morning to Bethel Church on behalf of our senior pastor who's not with us, behalf of our, our elder and deacon board, we want to welcome all of you uh, to the house of the Lord to celebrate Christmas and to celebrate the birth of Christ Jesus. Amen. Today, amidst all the shopping, the gift wrapping, the cleaning, the bickering, the stress, we are here to slow down and we are here to remind ourselves that Christmas is more than just gifts. It's more than family traditions. It's more than decorations. Christmas is about the birth of Jesus Christ. Amen. And we've gathered here this morning to worship the child we now call Emmanuel, Redeemer, Savior, friend. We're here because this child changed everything. And because of Christmas, there is hope for everyone. Amen. Because of Christmas, there is hope for everyone. You see, at Christmas, we receive the greatest gift of all. It's the gift of Jesus. It's the gift of salvation. It's the gift of forgiveness of sins. It's the gift of eternal life. And this is why we celebrate this morning. Amen. This is why we sing. This is why we have gathered today. This is why we are here because of the good news of great joy, which is available for all the people. Can I get an amen this morning? You see, I often say the miracle of Christmas is not on 34th Street. It's found in Bethlehem. Because there in Bethlehem, motivated by love, God stepped out of eternity and onto the stage of human history. When the world was in need of joy, when the earth was searching for peace, a Savior had been born. When we were in darkness, he became our light. Amen. When we were far from him, he came to us. When we were in desperate need, he saved us. You see, the real wonder of Christmas is not the decorations. It's not the gifts. It's It's not in the parties. It's in the amazing reality that God broke into our world in the flesh. The scripture says the word became flesh and he dwelt among us. When we really stop and think about it, what a paradox. What a paradox. The one who holds the worlds in his hands now being held in a manger. The eternal one being caught in a moment. 
omnipresence captured in a baby, omnipotence cradled in a helpless infant who cannot even raise his head from the straw, omniscience confined in a baby who cannot say a word. But the Christ who created the heavens and the earth is now cradled in a manger in a cave stable. 2,000 years ago in a small, rugged Bethlehem barn, God the Son became Emmanuel, God with us. Not God distant from us, not God removed from us, but God with us. You may not know this, but you are the reason our God became incarnate, and so am I. Amen. And we know he lived as we live. He suffered as we suffer. He died as we die, yet without sin. And he being the God-man overcame the power of death in order to give us eternal life. That's why the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter number 9 in verse number 15 said, Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. What divine wisdom. What a far-reaching grace. What else could the angels proclaim? Glory to God in the highest. Glory to God in the highest heaven. Christ the Savior has been born. Amen. Can we give God a hand clap of praise? And you need to know this morning that Jesus was born with no fanfare in the humblest of settings. We know that children today, they're born with lots of fanfare. Amen? I mean, before children are born, we have gender reveal parties. And then we have showers. And in these showers, we literally shower the parents and we shower the child with presents and with gifts. And then we have social media and we announce to the world, we, we announce to our friends the arrival of the baby. And then we send out postcards and we send out pictures letting everyone know that the child has come but can I tell you church Jesus wasn't born for fanfare Jesus was born to love amen Jesus was born to heal Jesus was born to forgive Jesus was born to suffer and die Jesus was born to rise defeating sin and death Jesus was born to restore the creation to the creator Jesus was born to redeem Jesus was born to save. Jesus was born to change the world forever. And how many of you have been changed because of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior? Amen. I came across an article the other day in the Atlantic. And the moment I saw the title of the article, I, I, I knew almost immediately without reading the article that I was going to have a great sermon illustration. And the article was titled, What Day Most Changed the Course of History? What Day Most Changed the Course of History? And in this article, they interviewed university professors they interviewed university presidents. We are talking about men and women who have been educated. This is not the late night talk show host who's walking the streets asking a very simple question and getting very silly responses. 
These are men and women who are educated. What day most changed the course of human history? Can I share with you some of their responses? December 11, 1241, the death of Ogedai Khan, the second great Khan of the Mongol Empire. This must have been a history professor. 1440, the day Johannes Gutenberg finished his wooden printing press. 1712, Thomas Newcomen invented his steam engine. 1674, the microscope was invented. 1776, the signing of the Declaration of Independence. 1920, the day that women gained the right to vote. And it's no doubt, church, that these were defining moments. And these were important moments in the history of humanity. And I'm certain that all of us here could add to that list. But can I tell you this morning, church, the birth of Jesus Christ and the story of his incredible life forever changed the course of human history. You may not know this today, but the dividing point of human history is the birth of Christ. Human history divides itself at the birth of Christ. Every time we look at a calendar, we are reminded that history is divided into two parts before Christ and after Christ we have BC and BC stands for before Christ and we have AD and AD stands for Anno Domini in the year of our Lord and today we are living in 2017 AD in the year of our Lord think about it church every time you date a letter or a document every time you sign and you date a check it's a reference point whether you're a believer or not you are using Jesus Christ as a reference point you are using the birth of Jesus as a reference point 2,000 years ago from what 2,000 years ago from the time that God sent his son to live and to die on the earth but you need to know this morning church his coming is not only the hinge on which the door of history swings but more importantly Jesus trans Transform the world by the redemption that he brought to us. You see, many people leave the world worse than how they found it. And some will leave the world better than the way they found it. But only one man transformed the world and left the world fundamentally changed from how he found it. Jesus changed the world by changing one heart at a time. And I love the old sermon, the one solitary life. It was written a hundred years ago, 19 centuries have come and gone. And today Jesus is the central figure of the human race of all the armies that have ever marched and all of the navies that have ever been built and all of the parliaments that have ever sat and all of the kings that have ever reigned put together have not affected the life of man upon this earth as powerfully as this one solitary life in his name is Jesus Christ. Christ and he is the eternal son of God hallelujah and he's worthy to be praised now some would say that Jesus became God's son at his birth some would say that Jesus became God's son at his baptism others will point to the resurrection and others will point to the ascension and say it was in those moments that Jesus became God's son but can I tell you church Jesus has been God from all 
all of eternity. Jesus said, before Abraham was, I am. And the scripture says, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. And all things were made through him. And then John goes on to say, the word became flesh Deity put on humanity. Church, Jesus is the Son of God, and it's his birthday that we celebrate at Christmas. Can we give God a mighty hand clap of praise? Hallelujah. Give him praise this morning. One of my favorite songs this time of year is Handel's Messiah. It's not the Messiah, it's simply... Messiah, and there's debate whether Messiah was written for Christmas or, or whether Messiah was written for Easter. Or I tend to think Messiah was written for Easter, but Messiah gets a lot of playtime. It gets performed typically around Christmas. Most of us are not familiar with Messiah. Most of us are familiar with the chorus, the Hallelujah chorus. There's three parts to Messiah. And the hallelujah chorus is the second half of part two. And Handel will work through all the prophecies concerning the birth of Christ. Handel will work through the life and the ministry and his song and the suffering of Jesus Christ. And then he gets to his chorus, which starts out with hallelujah. In fact, it is said that at its debut, King George II was so moved by the hallelujah chorus that he stood to his feet in worship, in adoration. And because the king stood, everyone else in the room stood for the hallelujah chorus. I don't know if you know how Messiah was composed and put together. It is said that Handel spent 24 days in his room, locked away. And for 24 days, he worked through largely Isaiah's prophetic scriptures concerning the birth of Christ. And he worked through the book of Revelation as he put his song together. And his attendants would send food in. And he would send the food out largely untouched. And finally concerned, one of the attendants swung the door wide open. And Handel was weeping, laying over his desk. And he picked up his manuscript and he said, I saw the heavens were opened and I saw the Lord and he's king of kings and he is Lord of lords. And after working through the birth of Christ and his suffering and his death and his resurrection, Handel gets to his chorus and his chorus begins with hallelujah for the Lord God omnipotent he reigneth and I want to give you the last 50 seconds of the song in the back can you play it for us this morning handles weeping I saw all of heaven open before me and I saw the Lord and he's king of kings and he's lord of lords come on Dave turn it up Lord of Lords.
saw the Lord, church. He saw the Lord. And He's King of kings. And He's Lord of lords. And our God, omnipotent, He reigneth. He reigneth. I wanted to begin this morning with the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because when we read the Christmas story, I want you to know we're not just talking about a baby. We are talking about God's son. He's the king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. If you have your Bibles, I want to invite you to open them to Luke's gospel, chapter number two. Luke's gospel chapter number two. And I know we've read this story many times. We've heard it many times. But this morning I want us to read it. And I want us to be moved. And I want us to be stirred by the wonder. And by the majesty. And by the glory of this holy event. Luke's gospel chapter two. If you're there, say amen. It says, in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in swaddling cloths because, and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Verse number eight, in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not. Fear not. I love the shepherds in the story. You see, the shepherds were the social outcasts. Out, the shepherds were not able to participate in, in, in temple worship because of their job, because of their line of work. They were considered ceremonially unclean. And most scholars believe that, that these shepherds were, were the shepherds who took care of the temple lambs, the lambs that were used in the temple for sacrifices. And how powerful and how awesome it is that these shepherds were the first one to see the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And these shepherds are scared. These shepherds are shaking in their robes. And the angel appears and the angel says, fear not. The angel said, fear not for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all of the people. Did you catch it? Good news of great joy that will be for all of the people. The greatest words ever spoken. Good news of great joy for all the people. Church, this is what we're talking about today. This 
is what Christmas is all about. And it's powerful and it's supernatural and it's good news that brings great joy to every single people. Some people say the word of God is dull. Some people say the word of God is boring and I don't get anything out of the word of God. But can I tell you, church, these pages, this story is full of good news and the good news creates great joy. Joy comes from the good news and it's available to all of the people. Amen. Frontier is born this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. The threefold titles given to Jesus. Savior means he's our deliverer. Amen. Christ means he's the anointed one. The fulfillment of all the promises and the prophecies. Lord means that he is sovereign God. And he is the one to be served and, and worshipped and adored. And look at verse number 13. And it says in Suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God in the highest. Can I tell you, I think this is one of my favorite parts of the whole story. We have the presence of an angel and then suddenly there appears a heavenly host, a multitude of the angels saying glory to God in the highest. We know that the angels will worship God in Job 38 at the creation. We know that the angels will give praise to God in Revelation chapter 7 when they see all of the wondrous works. But when they see Jesus step off the throne to be born as a baby in the human flesh, their song reaches a new height. Praise in the highest heaven, in the highest regions of the universe. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. You see, Rome at this time had given the world peace. In the Pax Romana, 200 years of peace, but Jesus came to give man peace with God and to give man an inner peace. Verse 15 When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. I mean, church, we're not talking about Athens. We're not talking about Rome. We're not talking about going to Alexandria. We're talking about Bethlehem. Bethlehem is so small. Bethlehem is so little. Bethlehem is so insignificant that you can't even find it on a map. But it's a reminder of what what the prophet Micah said 700 years ago in chapter number 5. He said, O you Bethlehem of Ephrathah, though you are small, yet shall one come out of you who will be the ruler in Israel. Bethlehem is also the house of bread. And it's in the house of bread where the bread of life was born. Amen. Look at verse number 16. And they went with haste and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. When they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen 
as it had been told to them. I don't know about you, church, but I am amazed every time I read the Christmas story. I don't know about you, but I love Christmas. I love the season. I love everything about it. I love the lights, and I love the music, and I love the decorations, and I, and I love the exchanging and the receiving of gifts and presents. But can I tell you, church, this is Christmas. This is the heart and the soul of Christmas. And today, this is all we need. This is all we will ever need. It's true in this place today. It's been true in every century. It's the greatest story ever told. It's the greatest words that have ever been spoken that a Savior has been born and He is Christ the Lord. Can we give God another hand clap of praise this morning? Luke's Gospel chapter number 2. You may not be aware, but the very first words spoken on the radio were Luke's gospel, chapter number two. A man by the name of Reginald Fezenden, he invented the AM radio, and at first all it could do was, was transmit Morse code, and back then that was a big deal. In 1906, to that tap, to that tap, to that tap. Chips up the Atlantic and the northern seaboard, they could hear the tap of, of the Morris Code. But on Christmas Eve, 1906, he had gotten his invention to a point where he, he thought it was able to transmit a, a human voice. And so on Christmas Eve, 1906, 111 years ago today, in the silence of the night, Reginald Fessenden, he opened his Bible to Luke's Gospel, chapter number 2, and into the silence of the night came the Christmas story. The very first words ever spoken on radio. Imagine if you're a ship captain somewhere in the Atlantic and you're all alone. Then all of a sudden, a human voice starts speaking. You're staring at a box and you're all alone on the high seas. And then someone starts telling you good news. And it's great joy for all the people. A Savior has been born. And he is Christ the Lord. And can I tell you, church, that's exactly how it happened on this night. On the first Christmas morning. You see, you and I, we have our Bible we have the Word of God. We have the Old Testament. We have the New Testament. We get to the end of the Old Testament. It's, it's Malachi. And I will send the prophet Elijah, and he will turn the father's hearts toward the children, the children's hearts to the father, and then the Old Testament ends. And then you turn a page, and in my Bible, there's a blank page, and it just says the New Testament. Then you turn a page, and it says Matthew's Gospel, and it's the genealogy of Jesus, and the Christmas story unfolds. But can I tell you, church, it didn't happen this way. Between the Old Testament and the New Testament, there's 400 years of silence. 400 years without a prophetic voice, 400 years without a prophet of the Lord, 400 years without thus saith the Lord. We're not talking four years. We're not talking 40 years. We're talking 400 years. You and I get upset when we don't hear from somebody in four days. 
Can you imagine? I am God. You are my people. I will take care of you. I will lead you into this great life. Serve me. Be faithful. Obey me. And I will be your God. And you will be my people. But for 400 years, there's no voice from heaven. There's no word from God. Has God abandoned us? Did God forget about us? Did God walk away? You have to wonder if sons turned to their fathers and said, Dad, have you ever heard God speak? No, son, I've never heard God speak. Well, Dad, did did your father ever hear God speak? No, your, your grandfather never heard God speak. Well, did his father? No, your great grandfather, and so on, and so hundred, 400 years of silence. But into the silence, church, came the most amazing sound, a crying baby. It was a baby's cry that broke the silence of 400 years. The earth is broken. The people are weeping. The world is weary. But God breaks the silence with a baby's cry. Emmanuel, he is God with us. Church, if we can condense all of the truths of Christmas into only three words, these words would be God with us. When you read the Bible, you discover it's God's desire to be with man. The message of the Bible is not man's pursuit of God. The message of the Bible is God's pursuit of man. God desires fellowship with man. God desires to be in a relationship with man. When Adam and Eve sinned, God is the one saying, where have you gone? I love Michelangelo's painting, The Creation of Adam. And I'm sure many of you have seen it. It's God, and he's leaning, and he's pointing his finger, and, and Adam is leaning and, and, and pointing his finger, and it's located in, in the Sistine Chapel. And I, I had the privilege many years ago to, to, to travel to Vatican City, and I've been in the Sistine Chapel, and I've seen all of the paintings, and I've seen the creation of Adam. But I want you to take a closer look. When you look at the picture, when you look at the portrait, God is the one who's straining and God is the one who's twisting and pointing toward man and man is sitting back very casual, very relaxed with a half-hearted point toward God. I believe the artist is making a point that God loves man and God seeks man. God is the one making the effort and Christmas proves it. The Christmas story reminds us that he is still reaching out to us. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. Our God has not changed. His name is still Emmanuel and his name means God with us in the midst of our pain, in the midst of our anxiety, in the midst of our worry and our fear and our chaos and our strength. He is Emmanuel. He is God with us. In the midst of the stress, in the midst of the chaos of life, he's God with us. You see, Christmas isn't always nice and tidy. Christmas can be chaotic. The first Christmas certainly was. Mary and Joseph, think about it. They're traveling 80 miles 
80 miles from Nazareth to Bethlehem, and she's riding on a donkey, and she's in her third trimester. And you have to remember, they're traveling under suspicion. That There's a crowd of scandal over them. They're not married, they're engaged, and she's pregnant. Now, you and I get it. 2,000 years later, we get it. We understand the doctrine. We understand the theology. It's a miracle. It's the incarnation. It's the virgin birth. We get it. But not everyone in the neighborhood got it. They're surrounded by scandal. They're surrounded by suspicion. And there's no room in the inn. There's no room in Bethlehem. And I know you love your nativity at home. And I enjoy mine. I love setting it up every year. And I know you love your nativity you set up outside. But can I tell you, church, Jesus probably wasn't born in a stable or a cool barn. Jesus most likely was born in a cave. Somewhere on the hillside beneath the town of Bethlehem where the animals would go and, and, and shelter from the storm. And I can hear the innkeeper saying, I'm sorry about your wife, but, but there's a cave on the hillside where animals go to seek shelter. And maybe you can shelter there for the night. And I'm certain, church, that this was the last place that Mary wanted to deliver the baby. God, not like this. Not on this night. Not tonight. God, if there's any way, can you hold off the baby until we return home? Please, God, don't let the baby come on this night. I remember before my first daughter was born, my wife and I, we took a birthing class at the hospital. And after the instructions and the videos and, and meeting with doctors and meeting other couples, they take us up to, to the birthing floor and they, they take us into the birthing room and, and they, they show us around the birthing room. This is where you're going to be. And they're telling us, we want you to bring all of the comforts from home. You can bring pictures. You can bring candles. You can bring scents. You can bring photos. You can bring your pajamas and your slippers. You can bring that, 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 that blanket that you love, but bring all of the comforts from home. And then they swung the door open to the bathroom. They said, we even have a jacuzzi for your enjoyment. Not with Mary. Are you in the story today? On this night, the baby comes, the very worst day, Jesus came. Can I tell you, church, there was nothing perfect except the baby. And the angel said, a savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. The angel doesn't say, you are a mess, get it together, clean it up, try harder. No, the angel says there's good news of great joy. The angel says Christ has come. God has bridged the gap. A Savior has been born. He is Christ the Lord. He is God with us. He is God here now. I love how John puts it again in verse 1 and verse 14. The word became flesh, dwelt among us we beheld his glory glory of the one and only who came from the father full of grace and full of truth can i tell you church jesus came full he came full of grace full of and he came full of truth you see if you're coming to an empty world you've got to come full if you're coming to broken hearts you've got to come full and jesus came full he came full of grace he came full of truth i like how one translator puts it he says the word became flesh and the word moved 
into the neighborhood. You see, God is not thrilled about the mess of our lives. So God enters into the mess of our lives and moves right into the neighborhood. Church, can I tell you, this is the gospel. It doesn't matter the ache or the longing or the sorrow or the suffering that's going on right now in your life. The birth of Jesus brings hope and brings healing to the entire world. Hallelujah. Jesus came to the world full of grace. He came full of truth. And this Christmas, you can find salvation. You can find forgiveness. You can find hope and joy and peace. Why? Because a Savior has been born. He is Christ the Lord. This is what Christmas is all about. Can we give God some praise this morning? Diane, if you would just come at this time. Maybe you're here this morning and your Christmas is really shiny. It's perfect. Your gifts were purchased months ago, paid cash. They've been wrapped for weeks. And you're just waiting for Christmas morning. The meals are ready. The family is ready. Everything is shiny. Everything is neat and tidy. If that's you this morning, I say to you, Merry Christmas. But there are some of you here today, if you're honest, you're just trying to make it to the other side. Maybe this is your first Christmas with cancer. Maybe this is your first Christmas with other physical battles. Maybe this is your first Christmas with a new baby in the home. And it's wonderful. And it's beautiful. And it's exciting. It's an exciting time. But maybe you lost someone you loved this year. And this Christmas, there's an ache in your heart. Maybe this is your first Christmas being married. I remember my first Christmas being married. Fourth floor of an apartment complex. No elevator. We bought our Christmas tree from the drugstore. I paid $7.99. We only had a few ornaments. We placed it on a nightstand. But can I tell you, church, it was perfect. Because there was a love in our home. And there was a love in our hearts. But maybe this is your first Christmas since your spouse told you I don't want to be with you anymore. And just walked. So many today just trying to make it to the other side. It's been a hard year. It's been difficult. If that's you, the stress, the chaos of your life, I want to say to you this morning, Merry Christmas.
Merry Christmas. Because the good news of great joy is available to you. And you need to know today, you need to know today that the glory of God is shining all around you in the middle of it all. God is saying, I love you. God is not saying, I'm waiting for you to get to me. God is saying, I've bridged the gap. And in the darkness, I'm coming to you. Wherever you are this morning, God can put his loving arms around you. On that night, they held the baby. But on this day, the baby is holding you. And the Lord Jesus will bring you through. Merry Christmas. Christ has come. And Christ is here. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. You may be here this morning. Say, Pastor Joe, I I don't have the peace that you're talking about in my heart. I don't have the joy and I don't have the hope that you've been talking about this morning. I've never experienced salvation. I've never experienced the forgiveness of sins. I'm not where I need to be with God. You need to understand, church, this morning, the scripture says that all have sinned and all have fallen short of God's glory. There is no one righteous, no, not one. The word of God goes on to say the wages of sin is death. And when we say death, we're talking about separation from God for all of eternity. But that same scripture that goes on to say the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. If that's you this morning, before you wake up tomorrow and you unwrap and you open any presents this morning, you can receive the greatest gift of all. And that is salvation that is found in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Hallelujah. With every head up, every eye open, and everybody looking around. If you're here today, this morning, say, Pastor Joe, I need Jesus. I need Jesus. Good news of great joy. If that's you, would you just slip up your hand? Is there anyone today? Is there anyone? Yes, I see that hand. I see it. Come on, raise your hand. Raise your hand. Many, many hands have gone up this morning. Our worship team. Yeah, come on. Pastor Joe, I can't respond on Christmas Eve. There's a lot of people here today, but can I tell you, church, this is what Christmas is all about. This is Christmas. And you need to know that everyone in this room is for you and not against you. And today we celebrate with you. Today we rejoice with you. Good news of great joy is available to all. If you're here today and you need Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the worship team is going to just sing a very simple chorus. They're going to join in with the heavenly host of the angels, and they're going to sing a simple chorus, glory to God 
in the highest. And if that's you, you need Jesus. You need peace. You need forgiveness of sins. When they begin to sing, I'm going to ask that you would stand to your feet and you would make your way to the front of this room and the prayer team, the prayer partners are going to come and they're going to stand with you. So worship team, let's just sing this chorus and everyone else, if you would just stand to our feet and join in with the worship as these come to the front this morning. Jesus, would you just come today? Would you just come? Those of you who slipped up your hand, would you just step out into the nearest aisle and walk to the front? We're going to meet you here at the front, and we're going to pray with you this morning. There's many, many coming. Come on, church. Let's lift our hands and sing glory to God in the highest. Come on, sing glory to God in the highest. It's great news. It's great news. God in the highest glory to God. every head bowed every eye closed and I'm going to lead us all in a simple prayer and I'm going to invite all of us that are here this morning on Christmas Eve whether you've been here for 20 years or whether today is your first time whether you're in the army of the Lord or the secret service I'm going to invite all of us that are here this morning to say this prayer and to join in with these who have come to the front. Repeat after me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus. Come on, say it nice and loud. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. And I believe that you came to this earth and you died for me on a cross and you shed your blood for me. And I believe that you rose from the dead. And dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today on Christmas Eve. I repent of my sin. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Wash me. Come into my heart.